Good morning, everyone, and uh, it's my privilege this morning to bring God's word from uh, the Bible. I'm going to um, focus on the fatherhood of God this morning. So let us just pray together. Father, we thank you for your word this morning that has been read to us. And now as we think about these things, we pray that by your Holy Spirit, you would come and witness to our spirits of who we are and who you are, that we might know you better and that we might know who we are in you for your glory. Amen. I wonder what springs into your mind when you hear the word Abba. Okay, for some of you, it was the 70s and 80s pop music band ABBA, the group named after the first names of its four members, Agneta, Bjorn, Benny and Annafried. But for others of us, it means so much more. It reminds us of the words of Jesus, of our relationship with God. ABBA is a word that reminds us of the fatherhood of God. Throughout the Bible, we find God portrayed, described as a father. It's a description that's relatively rare in the Old Testament. God is specifically called the father of the nation twice, and also the father of individuals 15 times. But it's when we come to the New Testament and the teaching of Jesus that the fatherhood of God takes a decisive turn. Father was Jesus' favourite word to address his father. It appears on Jesus' lips 65 times in Matthew, Mark and Luke, and 100 times in John's Gospel. And the exact word Jesus used is still found three times in the New Testament, and Megan read those passages for us. It's left untranslated from the Aramaic. Jesus used the word Abba. Elsewhere, that Aramaic word Abba is translated into the Greek in which the New Testament was written as Pater. And we have every reason to believe that every time that we hear that word, read that word Father, we can hear that echo of Jesus' words Abba. Now Abba is an intimate word. I remember that being brought home to me really vividly on one of my first trips to the Holy Land. I was with a group of other clergymen and we had an evening off and we were walking around Jerusalem and I just sort of wandered off onto the the walls of Jerusalem. And then as I looked down onto this cafe, I saw this little girl and she was playing and dancing on the top of a sort of courtyard. This cafe had steps either side and then suddenly she cried out, Abba! And it caught my attention, partly because she was probably the same age as my daughter Karis, way back at home, but also that word just touched something in me. And as I looked at this little girl, she flung herself off the top step into the arms of her father, who caught her and hugged her. This is the word Jesus says we can call Almighty God. Abba is a new word for a new relationship. As I mentioned earlier, Abba is not a Greek word. The New Testament was written in Greek. Abba is not a Hebrew word. 
There's no use of that word in Jewish tradition. It's an Aramaic word. Aramaic was the language of Jesus, the language of home of every day, the language he spoke as a child, the language he spoke to his mother in, the language he spoke to the disciples in. So when we hear this word Abba, we're listening to the very accent of Jesus. And the fact that it has been left untranslated in Mark's gospel and twice Paul uses it confirms that echo that that is the word Jesus wants us to know. In the New Testament, Jesus prays 21 times and 20 of those times he begins his prayers with the word Father. So we have every reason to suppose that when we come across that word on Jesus' lips, Father, we hear Abba. It's that intimate word, conveys not a casual relationship or casual familiarity, but it's of the deepest relationship, of deepest love and trust. This is not just a way that Jesus wants us to address God, but the way. In our reading from Mark 14, we hear it on Jesus' lips. This happens in the Garden of Gethsemane. As Jesus prays and he's awaiting his betrayer in the dark shadow of the cross, soon he'll be arrested, soon he will face a mock trial, soon he will be handed over to his enemies, soon he will be crucified. And at that moment, Jesus prays, Abba. Everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, but not what I will, but what you will. In that moment, we see Jesus' complete trust in his Father. He trusted his Father even unto death. As Paul describes in Philippians, unto death on a cross. He who was in very nature God, who shared that nature of God. When Jesus said, if you've seen the Father, you've seen me. I and the Father are one. This Abba is the one Jesus is one with. The one he had known from eternity, whose love and relationship had never been broken. And he obeys even to death. This is not a legal obedience born out of a commandment, but of a trusting obedience born out of a known love. In Gethsemane, that obedience springs from trust. And there on the cross, it is expressed again as Jesus cries out in his vinyl breaths, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And so through Jesus and all that he has done for us, we are invited to call his father our father, our Abba. He said when the disciples asked him to teach them to pray, he said, when you pray, say, Father, our Father, our Abba in heaven. This is the invitation of Jesus to everyone who would believe in him. It's an invitation to relationship with God through him. No first century Jew would have addressed God in such an intimate way. Yahweh, God Almighty, the all-powerful, the all-knowing, the all-present God. Jesus invites us 
into this warm and intimate relationship. It speaks of being close up. It speaks of being deeply loved. It speaks of being accepted and known. Abba is about relationship and not religion. It's about a person and not a philosophy. It is a prayer before it ever became theology. It is the cry of a child. And we are loved. We were loved before we were even born. I remember when I became a father, it, it spoke to me so much of God's father's love for me. Before our child was even born, I loved that child. It's been one of the greatest joys and privileges of my life to be a father. And Jesus paints a picture of what our heavenly father is like in one of his most famous parables. He told the most brilliant stories and this is one of them. The story is sometimes called the prodigal son or the lost son. I like to call it the story of the loving father. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to the father, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come home, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in, so his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered him, Father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. It's the story of a man with two sons. But it's really the story about a good, 
good father. Everything about it is countercultural. This is Jesus' revelation of the Father's heart for us. In a culture where the Father had absolute authority over his children, he was the absolute disposer and director of his children's ways. He would have the absolute right to the obedience of his children. And in that very culture, the attitude of a son would be of honor and respect. Not perhaps familiarity, but certainly honor and respect. So this story is shocking. It's the story of outrageous love. This father allows his son to walk away from him. It's the story of outrageous grace because the father, when the son has rejected him, he's wished him dead taken his share of the inheritance, squandered it on wild living. Yet, when he comes to his senses, the father is looking for him and looking for him. And when he sees him, he runs to him and embraces him. The father, undignified, runs to his child and picks him up and welcomes him home. Jesus tells us that the father who longed and looked for his son's return in the story is our father too. This is blistering good news. Jesus says this is what God the father is like. He is forgiving. He is loving. He is generous. He is crazy about us. And more than anything, he wants us to come home. Some of us may have wandered off, but he wants us home. He longs for us. He is called and known uniquely as Abba to Jesus because by Jesus' nature, he is God the Son. But as Paul reminds us in the readings we had, we are invited to be children of God by adoption. Chosen, redeemed, ransomed, forgiven, all through what Jesus has done for us. And the Apostle Paul affirms this, that when we put our trust in Jesus, we become children of God. He says that the Holy Spirit testifies with our spirit that we are children of God, that the Holy Spirit enables us to cry, Abba, Father. For the theologians amongst us, God's fatherhood is Christologically defined and charismatically revealed. This means that Jesus invites us home, to come home. I remember when I became a Christian, I remember my father saying to me when I shared that news with him, he said, welcome home, son. I'd been away from home a long time. The father welcomes us, he accepts us. And it's the Holy Spirit who seals that truth in our hearts that we are children of God. Often I've heard people's testimonies when they've come to know Jesus as their Savior and Lord, and they describe it in these ways as if it was coming home. When we come to faith, we find out who God really is. He is a good, good Father. And we find out who we really are, that we are loved by him, children of God. We discover we're part of this amazing family of God. 
I remember as a young Christian traveling around Brazil and um, I was seeing lots of different places. It's where I grew up as a child, but I'd never seen the Amazon jungle. So I took a flight up to a, a big town in the Amazon called Manaus. And I didn't know where I was going to stay, but it was an adventure. And I remember arriving at the airport. Manaus is there in the middle of the jungle. It was swelteringly hot. It was so humid. And I, just, I stepped off the plane and the heat and the humidity hit me. And I, I just walked into that arrival lounge. It wasn't a great big place. And I saw someone standing in the airport with a, with a card with my name on it. And I, I, Philip Della, there can't be many other Philip Dellas here on this flight. So I went up to that person and they said, you're coming home with us. You're part of the family. And I stayed for those days uh, visiting in the Amazon with this wonderful family because they were Christians, because they knew of a friend of a friend who knew my father, who knew that I was a Christian. They welcomed me into their family. Isn't that amazing? We are part of this amazing family. In Paul's writings, more than one, he mentions two confessional cries that are a result of the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. The first one is kurios Jesus, Lord Jesus. Jesus is Lord. We can only say that. Because we have responded to the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. We have responded in faith. The other is Abba Pater, Abba Father. It is the work and response to the work of the Holy Spirit that we confess Jesus as our Savior and Lord and God as our Heavenly Father as well. Jesus, God the Son, our Father in Heaven, God the Father, and God the Holy Spirit. The Trinity at work in this amazing act of grace. That confession of faith comes with repentance, of course, a change of heart, a change of mind, a turning to God. And then there's that cry, Abba, Father, the cry of relationship, the cry of a child for their parent. And as we encounter God and approach God, we come as sons and daughters of God. Because of Jesus, we can know forgiveness and eternal life as gifts. We know that we are loved by God. The Father so loved us that he gave his one and only Son. And because of Jesus and the Father's love, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell within every believer. And so, what a privilege it is to be known as sons and daughters of the living God, to have that relationship. Maybe you're watching this this morning or whenever you're watching this and, and you don't know God as your heavenly father or you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I'd love to offer an invitation as we pray in a moment for you just to take that step of faith. Maybe you've never said that in your heart or maybe you've said it many times but never really come to that moment of a heart change. Or maybe you've been a prodigal and you've, you've walked away from God and he is drawing you back, loving you home. Or maybe you've been a believer for a long time and you just want to reaffirm that faith. Let's just pray together and use these words to make that step.
Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me, for dying for me on the cross. Forgive my sins. Abba, Father, thank you that you are my perfect heavenly Father, that I am loved by you. Holy Spirit, please fill me today that I might know who I am and who you are. Please come into my life. Today I choose to come home. I receive your love, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.